Good evening. My name is Joe Rose. Uh, I'm here to give a testimony about how the Lord came into my life. I want to start with, uh, first I would, I would like to praise the Lord Jesus Christ for saving my soul. I want to thank the great men of God and women that helped me to be where I am today. If it wasn't for them and encouragement, I wouldn't be here. Uh, Brother B. Moore and Sister Moore was my first pastor and pastor's wife. And uh, Brother and Sister Stevens was my second pastor's wife, pastor and pastor's wife. And Brother uh, Green and Sister Green, they're my pastor and pastor's wife now. And I just want to say uh, that I was uh, born in 1958. It was uh, July the 5th, 1958. And to my mother and father, Clifton and Elnita Rhodes in Austin, Texas. And they were really wonderful parents. They took, taught me everything that I needed to know uh, to become a Christian and to live an upstanding life. But I was hard-headed. I wanted to do the things I wanted to do and live the, the life I wanted to live. So I, my mom and dad, they didn't drink or did drugs or anything like that. Uh, my father, he, had, he worked at a, a Austin National Bank driving in the parking garage. And on Christmas, they would always give him like a fifth of liquor. And they would just keep it to be able to make like cough syrup for us. It would be honey, lemon, uh, and a little bit of whiskey in it. And it didn't make us drunk, it just calmed the cough down. And, you know, being kids, you know, you watched everything your parents uh, did. And so I found out where they kept the liquor and my mom, she had uh, like nervous conditions, so she took uh, volumes. 10 milligrams and 5 milligram volumes. And uh, I would watch where she would put those at. So when I got 12, I uh, start drinking. I would uh, get uh, the liquor that they had and I would sneak it out and uh, my mom's volume. So I started doing drugs at an early age. When I was in uh, junior high, I would steal some of the uh, fifths of liquor that they had and uh, I would take it down to the baseball park. And I would have friends like that. And uh, they uh, would have marijuana and we would all smoke weed and, at the, and drink the liquor. And you know, before then I started living a real wild life. And uh, I had problems making friends. So I thought maybe that was the way I would just bring them something to drink and maybe a few drugs and then they would be my friends, but that wasn't the way it happened. And uh, when I got into junior high, I looked old enough to start going to the store because they didn't card you for your license or your IDs or anything back, back when I was growing up. And I could get uh, a quart of beer and uh, drink it before the school bus came. And about the time the school bus got there, I was smoking weed and drinking beer, 
and I was pretty well smashed by then. So I would, about the middle of the day, I would crash out in the classroom, and I guess they got sick and tired of me uh, falling out in the classroom sleep, so they left me there. And when I woke up, it was no one there at the school but the janitors. And so I, I uh, looked around, you know, because I was way out in West Austin, and I didn't know where I was at. I just caught the school bus, and I was in junior high. And uh, I saw some of the janitors. One of the janitors felt sorry for me. So he said, you know what, I'll take you home. So he took me home, and it, it, it would seem like me passing out at school, uh, being humiliated and being embarrassed, that would make you stop. But it seemed like, you know, it, it just made me go worse. And uh, my brother had came home from Vietnam, and I was in high school then, and uh, he had broken to the uh, pharmacist down at the, the base and brought back a bunch of pills. And uh, me and my friend was in the room, and he said he gave us a bag of, uh, it was like a pillowcase full of uh, pills. And he gave us a pill book, and he said, hey, Joe, go ahead and find out what all these pills can do and uh, how much money we could make. And so me and my friend would just start, like, doing experiments, and, and then I start having a pill problem uh, along with the drugs, and marijuana and beer. And, you know, you think that after you start doing stuff like that, that you would snap and say, you know, hey, wait a minute, I got to change my life, man. This ain't, no, this ain't helping me none at all. And it just seemed like it got worse. No, I, I had an anger, an anger problem also. So I was mad at the world. And uh, when I, when we found out what the pills, it was uh, uppers, downers, we had quaaludes. We had everything you could imagine. Black Molly who was speed. And uh, we, uh, we sold some, and we took the majority of them. And uh, we drank a lot. We smoked weed a lot. And then when... I was supposed to graduate. I didn't graduate high school at all. So I figured that I knew more than anything, anybody else. So uh, I, uh, my parents got sick and tired of me coming home uh, drunk uh, from school. And they told me, they said, uh, well, hey, since you're quitting high school, you're going to have to do something with your life. Or you're going to have to go to work. And I, I said, you know what? I just leave. Uh, you know. I'm 16 years old, and I'm telling my parents I'm going to leave, like I know where I'm going. And so my, my friends felt sorry for me, so I was, like, living in, in their cars, and some friends, they, they would talk to their parents and let me stay in their house for a while. And uh, I just start working. I start working constructions and construction jobs, and uh, I would live. It was a... Washeria down there by where I used to live, and it was 24 hours, so I could go there for shelter when it got real cold. And uh, my uh, my friend told me, he said, "Hey, you know, why don't you come stay with me?" And uh, because I was working two jobs, you know, most people when they get a habit, they they just do what they want to do. They they beg people for money, but 
I said, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to have an addiction, I'm going to support my own addiction. And so I had two jobs. I finally got a car. And, and then I started getting into the place where I started uh, selling uh, cocaine and speed. And uh, we would, like, do window paint acid. And we'd have acid and speed weekends. And, you know, you just snort and, and drop those pills uh, the whole weekend long. And then by Sunday, you're, you're trying to get yourself straight so you can be able to go back to work. And uh, I... Uh, would drive, I had a 45, a 45 pistol that I packed with me everywhere I went, and uh, two razors in my back pocket. And I, I was mad at the world. I, I, I really, I hated myself. You know, I was driving down uh, this, it's just a regular street, you know. Kids could have been on it. It could have been anybody walking down the street. I'm driving, it's 35 miles an hour uh, speed limit. And I'm driving uh, 95 miles an hour going down that road. You know, I'm not saying all this stuff to glorify the devil. I'm just trying to say it because there's a hope in Christ Jesus. When you get so far down where you think that you can't get out of it, God will help you out. And my mom told me, when I was a kid, if I ever get myself into any trouble at all, that ask Jesus and Jesus will help me out of it. And, you know, people say that uh, when you're little, you don't understand the stuff your parents are giving you and telling you about God, but you do. You really do. And you really don't have anything else to grab onto, but the things that you had in your memory from your parents. And I thank God for my parents because my parents never gave up on me. And uh, my mom always prayed for me. She prayed for me 16 years to come into the truth. And she told me one day when I, when I came in, she said, Joe, I asked God, but what about Joe? Why come Joe isn't saved? And he told me that El Nita, Joe isn't dead yet, so don't you worry. And I met, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I met this man, his name is Raymond Hawkins. He was a chaplain in Burstam Air Force Base. And uh, me and him both went for the same job. And he, he has a, had a college education, so I uh, got his helper. And uh, he started telling me about Jesus. And I had already asked God to help me get out of the hole that I had dug myself. And uh, he brought, I really thought, I really brought, I really believe that he brought Brother Hawkins in my life. Him and Sister Hawkins, they treated me like I was their family. And that would really surprise me. And he would bring me home. And uh, every time he would bring me home, I I would buy him a pizza because he always said he liked pizza. And I would buy him a pizza and me a pizza so that way I could hide a six-pack of beer underneath the pizza so I could get it home. And I kind of figured he probably knew what I was doing, you know, but he still loved me. And he still, he's, Joe, you know, I'd like to invite you to, to our church. And I never knew anything about Pentecost at all. I was, uh, we, we just uh, went to Baptist church. 
but that's all my mother and them knew. And everything she, she put in my heart, I kept it. And when uh, we were on our way home from work, Brother Hawkins stopped by the church. He said, I want you to meet my pastor. So that's when I met Brother Moore. And uh, he said, hey, we sure would like for you to come and, uh, to our services one day. And so uh, we, we had decided that we were going to come that next Sunday. And he, had, he was in the uh, Army Reserve, the Air Force Reserve. And they had a, a, a mission they had to go on to. And he couldn't call me. And so uh, he waited until the next Sunday. And I forgot. I forgot that we were supposed to go to church. And I was ripped. And I wasn't going to go like that. So when I went, it was Easter Sunday. I didn't even know it was Easter Sunday when I went. And I really felt something. That's when they had two services. And I felt, I met Sister Hall at the front door. And the first thing she told me, we are so happy that you are here. You just come on in. Anything you need, you let us know. I'm like, this lady don't know me. You know, she was telling me that God loves me and, and she loved me. I'm like, how can she love, love me and she don't even know me? And so we got in the service. I really felt something. And uh, I sat with Brother Hawkins and his family. And he, he uh, let me sit between uh, him and his wife. And his, uh, he had uh, two kids, uh, a daughter and a son. And... Uh, they were nice to me like they knew me forever. And when they were giving a message, I'll never forget it. I really felt like something was touching my heart. And I asked, I told Brother Hawkins, I said, I really feel like I need to go up to the front. And he said, yeah, well, why don't you go up to the front? I'll go with you if you want me to. And I said, yeah, why don't you come with me? And so we went up there and, you know, lightning bolt didn't hit me. I didn't fall on the ground, but I felt the love of God, something that I never felt in my life. And I, I left, and, I, and sister, I met Sister Hall again, and she says, thank you so much for coming. We really love you, and we would love for you to come back. And I'm like, man, that can't be right. You know, this lady don't even know me. And it was other people that told me that they loved me and they wanted me to come back. So back then, you know, we didn't have cell phones and we just had like pagers and stuff. So I figured, you know what, I'll wait till you get me halfway home and then I'll say, hey, Brother Hawkins, can I go back to your church with you tonight? And so I figured he'll say, well, let me get back with you and I'll let you know. And he turned around looked at me and said, sure you can go back with me. And I'm like, that wasn't what I was expecting. So I, I went home, and I got ready. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like, I, hey, I'm not going to do anything. My friends said, I, I got this for you. I got that for you. And I, I did it. And so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back anyway. Because it was just something inside me that wanted a change, that wanted something different. You know, I don't know how everybody else is, but when you get to the end of your rope and you have done everything you thought you were big and bad enough to do, you're just, you're just tired. 
you don't, you don't know who to turn to. You know, my mom, she wanted me to come back home when I was still doing all those drugs and still running wild. And, and I told my mother, I'd still be doing the same thing at your house I'm doing here. And she said, well, honey, you just think about it. And then when Brother Hawkins brought me back, I really felt like God met me there at the church because I got to go. They had prayer meetings uh, for an hour before church started. So we got there at 6, and we prayed till 7. And I didn't know how to pray, but I seen this one gen older gentleman there, Brother uh, Heitman, and he was praying. And I'm, like, thinking, wow, you know, that man has to have a really, really good walk with God. And I was, I said, God, I just, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm sorry, and I want, I want to live a better life than what I'm living. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have no special words. And, you know, people tell you that God don't hear you if you're a sinner. I, I, I really believe that's not true because God heard me because I asked him, could he please get me out the hole that I dug myself? And my friend told me, he said, Joe, you know, that was like a, a form of repentance because you didn't blame nobody but yourself. And, and uh, when I, I left the church, I was running wild. I was drinking at work. I was taking weed to work. And this was at Bertram Air Force Base. I could have been in prison a long time ago. And, and God had turned my life around. He, uh, everybody knew that I, I smelled like weed, I smelled like beer. And then when I came back that next week, they were like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, you're not the same Joe that I know. And I'm like, yeah, I, I found Jesus, but I really didn't find Jesus because he never was lost. I was lost. And... They said, well, what happened to you? And I told them, hey, I went to church, and I asked God to help me. And I, know I haven't smoked a, a joint. I haven't dropped any pills. I haven't snorted any dope. I hadn't uh, drank any beer today. And, they, and this one lady, she told me, she said, Joe, what is wrong with you? She said, you're not the same Joe Rhodes. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you don't smell the same. You're not acting the same. I said, God really came into my life. And I didn't know it was a lady that was riding the bus with me, and her name was Sandy. And she was praying for me, and she didn't even know me. And I told her, I, you know what? My mom been praying for me for 16 years, and I really thank God that people that don't know you still pray for you. And I really changed my life that day. I went to church the next, that Saturday. They wanted me to go to church that Saturday to help uh, clean up and, and pull uh, vines off the fence and stuff like that and cut grass. And I was cutting that grass like I was getting paid for it. And I was pulling thorns off the, uh, the fence. And uh, Brother Hawkins came around, and he said, how are you doing? I said, man, I'm doing great, man. He said, he said uh, what do you think about all of this? I said, you know what? I, I've been praying. I, I want to see if I can get baptized in Jesus' name. He said, 
yeah, wait a minute, let me go get Brother Moore. And so he went and got Brother Moore, and Brother Moore came back. And I said, well, I feel like I really need to be baptized. And he said, yeah, you can be baptized. You want to get baptized uh, that sun, this coming Sunday night or in the morning? I said, well, my family wanted to come. And so he said, well, we'll get baptized that, sun, that Sunday morning. I had the whole pew full with the people that loved me. My sister told me, she said that she's seen angels rejoicing because I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I really was very happy. Uh, if you could show the, the picture with uh, the lady and the man, and I'm standing in the middle. That's uh, Brother Raymond Hawkins and Sister uh, Hawkins. Uh, they warned me to the Lord. And uh, they helped me through a whole lot. And when, you're, when you first come through, when you're first a Christian, you need help. And you don't know what to do. No, there's people just rally around me to help me. And them and their daughter and their son, it was Matthew and Melissa Hawkins, they treated me like I was their best friend. And, and right today, Melissa called me her brother from a different mother. And so, you know, it's when you see someone, don't never ever think that that person can't come out of the mess that he's in. Because God pulled me out. And my mother, she, she was like, I, I couldn't even tell I was going to get baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Hawkins called her before I could. And she was, like, dancing in front, of the, in front of the screen door, jumping up and down. I'm like, what's wrong? She said, you're going to get baptized in Jesus' name. I said, yeah, hallelujah. And, and uh, if you could pull a screen up with my mom. This is my first picture with my mother when I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I, I went to a camp meeting, my first camp meeting in uh, Lufkin, Texas, and I'd never seen anything before, like that before in my life. And everybody kept telling me, because I came in in August the 27th, 1992. And everybody kept telling me that, hey, uh, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, here. And I never did. And so uh, July the 5th came and said, you're going to get baptized in Jesus. I mean, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost on your birthday. I didn't. And then when I came on the 27th of July, that's when, I, of 1992, that's when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm just saying that I never, ever regretted it since I've been walking with the Lord. I have made mistakes. I'm not perfect, but the Lord blessed me with a beautiful wife, uh, four boys that uh, we, we got married in 2000. And... God has brought us a mighty long way. And I could tell you a lot, but the main thing that I can tell you is, if you don't have Christ in your life, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're thinking that God never, ever will hear you, that's a lie straight from hell. God will hear you. All you have to do is be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then God will turn your life around. And I thank you so much for your time. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And I hope you are ready before he comes.
because he's coming soon. And nobody knows when he's coming. You might keep putting it off. Don't put it off too long because God really loves you and he cares for you. May the Lord bless you.